Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Today, we're going to talk about loving people through reaching out. And that we as a church have a responsibility of not just uh, saying we love people, but the responsibility for reaching out to individuals, to reaching out and touching people. And we've talked about through life-giving relationships, honor, and reaching out. In Romans chapter 15, I'm going to read to you two different versions from this. Romans 15 verse uh, 7 says this. So reach out. Everyone say reach out. And welcome one another. Have you ever noticed that you go that a church is one of the most unfriendliest places that some people have ever been? Not not here. That's why I greet outside to make sure you could never say that CWC is unfriendly. Because I make sure I'm out there greeting people with a smile, saying hello, making sure that you know that if no one else says hi to you, the pastor said hi to you. Okay. He said, so reach out, welcome one another to God's glory. Man, that, that is so cool that there's glory in everyone. And we're trying to welcome them to the glory of God. Jesus did it. Now you do it. Another version says it this way. The, uh, New, the King James Version. Wherefore, receive. I think that word receive is so powerful. Because many times we can welcome someone without receiving them. Receive you one another as Christ also received us under the glory of God. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Everyone say reach out. I want you to see that that Greek word for reaching out. It, it, it responds and it talks about to take, to take along. It refers to taking aside, to welcome, to receive. It literally means to accept, to partake, or even take, take someone to eat. It, it's that, that idea of going to someone and literally, and not just meeting them, but literally pulling them and taking them aside and just spending some time with them. This is receiving. This is receiving right here. Many of us will see people and we say, hey, what's up? You know, hey, nice to meet you and everything. But we never take time to take time with them to invent the most important, the most valuable thing you can give to anyone is your time. I can make more money, but I can't make more time. And whenever I give you my time, I'm giving you the most valuable part of me. And what Jesus is saying, or what Paul is telling, the Apostle Paul is saying, is that we have a responsibility to receive people. It refers to the way that God draws people to himself by accepting all believers. That we have a responsibility to accept one another. I'm here to tell you this morning that CWC can't just be a place where we have great services, great music, or great preaching. We have to be a place that reaches out. Say it again, Pastor. CWC must be a place that reaches out. Oh, that was weak. That was really weak. But let let me tell you something. You go to a church. In fact, Dr. King said this, that the most segregated time in American history is at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Because the African-American worships by themselves, the Samoan worships by themselves, the Tongan worships by, worships by themselves, the Filipino worships by themselves, the white worships by, the, by themselves, and the Hispanic does. Because everyone has their own little groups that we feel comfortable with. But I want you to look around this room right now. Oh, come on. No, we have to be, 
I'm here to tell you, we have to be a church of all, of all backgrounds, all races, all generations. It can't be one. We have to go and, and reach beyond just a certain type of people. But it goes be deeper than just a racial issue. It goes about background. It goes about culture, generation, even economic avenues. I remember when we started the church, we had some people say, family say, we can't stay here. I can't have my kids around this environment. I said, what, what environment is that? Are you talking about? She said, uh, the environment where you allow, because at the time we had a lot of guys coming in from the Salvation Army, men's program. You see, so you're talking about you can't have your kids in an environment of acceptance, of love, of second chances. I would think that's the very environment you want your kids to grow up in. They still left, but... uh, When Paul wrote this, he was talking about that the church was fractured at that time. You look at America right now, and racially, there is great divide going on in America right now. There's, there's anger on both sides of the aisle, and people are feeling like that we're, there's no longer value for one another, whether it's social, economically, or whether it's racially, or whether it's according to generation. Our, the, the church was fractured back then, but much like our modern-day society, we are fractured today. And what the church, what the world needs today, a fractured church cannot heal a fractured world. Say it again, Pastor. We have to be the one. If we can't model how it looks to get along with one another, to love one another, to embrace one another, to add value to one another, we're never going to be able to heal the world. It has to start here. It has to start here because in those days it was the Jews versus the Gentiles. And what, it, what I'm talking about, the Jews were the ones chosen by God to be the, the chosen race of God. But that didn't mean God was rejecting everyone else. If you weren't Jew, you were a Gentile. You were outside of that realm. But when Jesus died, he died for all, to bring all together. And so I need you to understand something is that in those days, they dealt with something called prejudice. Prejudice is alive in America today. And whenever prejudice gets into the church, we can't do what God's called us to do. Oh, somebody better hear me right now. See, it's not prejudice just doesn't go according to racial background. It could be according to economics. You don't make as much money as I do. It could be religious. Oh, that's the background you came from linguistically. You don't speak my language or age or even according to gender. And we find people that are beginning to judge people that we begin to separate. And we are finding more things where the church is against than finding what the church is for. That, that word prejudice comes from two Latin words and one of them of one of those Latin words brings about the idea of in advance. The other one brings about the idea of judgment. So when you put those two words together, prejudice then is when I prejudge you before I even know you. And I, we, we were at a seminar recently where I spoke to cross-generational 
uh, ministries and we all, all over Northern California. And I got together with these leaders of different, uh, of different social backgrounds, different racial backgrounds. And I'm standing there as I'm speaking to these, these leaders. One of the things that, that challenged me is one of the people that was there made this comment. And she said this. She said, whenever we say we don't see race or color, we deny the God of creativity. Because God paints in different colors. God uses different colors to identify people. And so when I say I don't have colored friends, I just have friends. The reality is is that we're taken away from our ability to recognize the beauty in each one of the cultures and each one of the shades and each one of the, the backgrounds of each individual. We have to be people that celebrate diversity, recognize diversity, and embrace diversity. Somebody say amen. See, it's bigger than just getting to heaven. And many of us come to church just trying to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's important. But I need you to understand. Look what God God tells us and Jesus tells us in John chapter 20, verse 21. He says this. This is after the resurrection of Christ. The disciples seen their master with their own eyes. So they see he's not dead anymore. He's alive. He says this. They were exuberant. And Jesus repeated the greeting to them. Peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, I send you. Let, let me explain something to you. From here, that, that word send in the Greek is apostolos. But what English word does that sound like? Apostle. I send who? I send everyone. I send You all have the apostolic spirit on you. You didn't just go. You were sent. Now, what does that mean? In the Roman government, an apostle, well, you know, Rome was about conquering. Now, I'm going to give you a little history lesson, so stay with me, because some of you just want to hear how God forgave you, God loved you. Now, let's get to heaven, okay? But I'm going to take you deeper this morning. I'm going to mess with you a bit, all right? So I need you to understand something, that in the Roman culture, when Rome, military, they, they conquered the whole known world at that time through military might and force. They step in, and they conquered a territory. Then they would send their apostle. And the apostle would come with a military group as well as a governmental group. And they had the responsibility, the apostle had the responsibility of making whatever conquered ground that they just conquered look like Rome. So when they got there, they would bring Roman culture, Roman style, Roman, Ro- Roman language. They would bring Roman uh, government. They would bring the, the, the libraries, the, the different types of, of government helps that, that they had in Rome. Their goal of the apostle was to make whatever conquered territory look like Rome. Jesus says... I was sent by who? My father. And I now apostolos you. Wherever you go, you're to make your job, your family, your school, your your community, your neighborhood look like heaven. Uh, You thought you were just there for a job. Mm -mm. You've been sent. Baby, you're on assignment right now. 
You've been sent by God. God sent you as a representative. You are not where you're at by accident. You think you're at that school, but you didn't apply to that school. God sent you to that school. You didn't apply for that job. God placed you at that job. You are there on assignment by God. You have been sent there to make that place look like heaven. What does that mean? Is there any poverty in heaven? Is there any sickness in heaven? Is there any discouragement in heaven? Depression in heaven? You are to make wherever you're at look like heaven. You bring heaven's atmosphere to whatever place that you're at. Oh, you're not you're not catching this right now. Some of you looking at me like I stole your dog (laughs) or your burrito. See, after the resurrection, they, they didn't grasp what it truly meant. They went back to their old jobs by fishing. And Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He didn't mean that everything was done in regards to their work. There was still work that needed to be done. You see, I want you to understand something. The cross here, the cross is not the finish line. The cross is the starting line. This isn't where life ends. This is where life begins. It's the, the cross. Many of us are living on this side of the cross. We keep looking at God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Instead of stepping on the other side of the cross where you've been redeemed, you've been restored, you've been empowered, you've been trusted to walk in dominion. So I need you to recognize something this morning. God's plan hasn't changed. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Turn there quickly. I want you to see something. God gave a mandate to us. I want you to read this all together out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Now, I want you to look one more time. What's the first thing he tells you to do? Be what? Fruitful. Be fruitful. Then he says what? Fruitful. Then what? Fill the, some of y'all are doing a great job. Oslam, you and, you and Sean are doing a great job in that. We appreciate the growth. The Nuias, we, we appreciate all the contributions you're giving to the growth of CWC. And then govern it is what God tells us to do. Now, I want you to understand that God had a mandate for mankind. The first thing he tells us to do is be fruitful. And what, what God's telling us to do is to improve wherever you're at. That because you're there, fruitful literally means wherever you show up should be better off because you arrived. That wherever you go, when you step into that place, that place is better because you're there. You flourish. You make it better. God created you to be fruitful. In other words, God created you to improve every environment you step into. When you walk into work, work should be better because of you. When you walk into your job, that place should be better because of you. Then it says multiply. In other words, to grow, to reproduce, to add value. That wherever you go, you you should bring a multiplying spirit. Now, in other words, you should contribute, not just consume. Let me try this side. You have a responsibility not just to consume, but to contribute. (laughs) Let, Let me explain it this way. You ever have that person that always comes to the party but never brings nothing? They just show up, and then they complain about the food that's there. <laughs> Listen, if you're not laughing, that's because you're that person. 
If you, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> All the parties I go to. <laughs> That's that person you go out to eat and they never re- even do the lean. You go out to eat all the time. Hey, let's go out to eat. You go out to eat when the bill comes. They got, they got them alligator arms. <laughs> Where's Pastor T at? <laughs> I'm just mad. We have a joke with her on that all the time. Some good crispy duck. Some of you get that when you get home. But we're called. <laughs> My mind, sometimes things just don't. Uh... You have a responsibility to add value wherever we're at. Then God tells us to fill, increase, expand. In other words, don't settle. Some of us are settling in life, and that's not what God created you to do. You're settling. This is just the way it's going to be. I'm never going to have enough. I'm just going. This is just the way things are going to happen. My marriage is always going to be in this condition. I'm always going to be single. I'm always going to be struggling. I'm always going to. You're not always going to be nothing until you determine in your heart what it is that you want from God. He told, he told Adam and Eve, the, the goal isn't to stay here in the garden. It's to reproduce and for you to go all over the world because I created this whole world. And you're not just supposed to hang out in the garden. You're supposed to have more kids and take over this whole thing. And the problem is, is that we've stopped growing. Then he says subdue, to lead, to conquer, to dominate, to rule. Now, what am I talking about? I, I just realized in the second first service just how bad this uh, picture is but we're going to put it up anyhow remember when Dr. Rivers was here he made this comment about that Satan wasn't coming after pulpits he was coming after thrones remember that statement that Satan was fighting after thrones and we find that in the word of God where he says I will ascend to the most high and I will set up my throne and so what we're talking about here in the church what we've done is we pulled so many people out of their areas of calling because we were afraid of the world, we were afraid of the evil of the world, we thought we were going to be contaminated by the world not realizing that you were designed and created to transform the world And so there's seven mountains, seven, I personally believe there's more than seven, but I believe these mountains represent areas of influence that help shape our culture today, all right? And let me give you, I'm going to start over here. Start first area is the area of business. And whatever, so many people have it so jacked up when we talk about business because somehow people think money is evil. The Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Listen, we need money in order to even run a church. Money's not evil. Money's, money's like fire. It's amoral. It's neither good or bad. And you could use that same fire to cook your food or to burn down a house. It's up to you what you do with that resource. And so in the area of business, we've pulled all these individuals out of business because we're afraid they're going to get they were going to get messed up. I'm here to tell you, there's some of you right now that have been called to business and God is downloading new strategies, new plans, new ideas, new products, new designs. God is giving you ideas to start new companies, new businesses. God is releasing some things to you. The second area is the area of government. And we, we, we've stayed away from government so long because we were afraid of what was going on in the government. But we need some godly men and women that are called to politics to get in there and to begin to transform our government. Somebody say amen. How about education? We take all our Christian, all our Christian people that want to that educate, and what do we do? We create Christian schools. Now, if you teach at a Christian school, I'm not hating on you. 
But what happens is that we created a subculture that now we have our own schools where we educate. And as a result, there's no Christian teachers that are helping our kids that are at the schools right now bringing high moral value. Oh, somebody got to hear me right now. Now, some of you, you, you're like, I don't care. I ain't got kids. That's the problem. That's the whole problem. You don't give a rip. I don't care if the, the, how bad things get because in the religious mind, the worse the world gets, the better it is for the church because the rapture, we're going to get out of here someday. God didn't call you to get out of here. He called you to occupy, to change, to transform, to affect, to reach out. And we got media. Then we have arts and entertainment. We have uh, family. We have, in the area of religion, we got so many aspects that many of you feel called to. Areas that you know that God has called you to, to affect sports as well. I'm here to tell you that some of you got, I'm so proud of you. She is three months away from getting her master's. Or four weeks, I'm sorry. Four weeks away from getting her master's. She's been dominating this area in, in medicine, been dominating this area in work, working and delivering children and so forth. I'm just so proud of you as you're getting ready to step into this new realm to invest in yourself and make this happen. Come on, give her a round of applause this morning. See, as I close, worship team, if you would help me, the cross was more than redemptive, it was restorative. It didn't just redeem us, it restored our dominion. It gave us back our purpose. It gave us back our authority. It gave you back your ability to walk into a situation or surroundings and bring the kingdom to it. To see what you're doing with your internet company. The way you're, you're blowing the doors off things and bringing in just transforming. It's amazing to see that what we would have done. We would have found a young man that loved God. And we would have told him, forget your business. Go into ministry. And we're killing off the creativity of our young people. Our people that are being raised up. It's time for you to find your passion. Walk in your passion. Walk in your design and release the glory of God that God's given to you to show. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, he says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority, not some authority, all authority. And I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, then he says, because I have all authority, therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, not in all nations, of all nations. And baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What's God telling us to do? Telling you to go. And we as a church are always telling people to come. Come to our service, come to our event, come to our conference, come to this. But it's not what we've been called to do. We're called to go. You know, yesterday as I sat with you, I was with you guys, Jeff. I saw Mario standing up there. And I saw him, and I leaned over to my wife and said, man, this dude is passionate. I was speaking to some business people yesterday, entrepreneurs of WFG. We were praying for their offices, dedicating their offices. And after I got done, their leader got up there and he, 
He just started going, come on, I'm going after, by the time we're done, every one of you, I need you to make 20 calls. I need you to get on the phone. I need you to make 20 calls. I need you to make some appointments. I need you to reach out because there's people out there that need insurance. They got family members that are going to die and they have no coverage. And they were so passionate, just so passionate about insurance. And I sat there and I began to think, and as I, I watched this passion and him stir up his team, I think, how much more should we, the church, be passionate because we need insurance, right? Don't want to be having to do car washes every time someone dies, go fund me accounts when someone dies. But if people need life insurance, how much more do they need God insurance? Now, you you ain't hearing me right now. Because these names on the cross here aren't just names. They're lives. They're souls. And if we don't reach them, there's a place called heaven. And there's a place called hell. It's real. I'm not giving you a fairy tale. Now, you might look at me right now, Pastor, what if you're wrong? Well, what if I'm wrong? Then I've dedicated my life and I've just lost The time that I served in adding value to people, in building people, and empowering people. I've wasted my life in preaching something that wasn't real. What did we lose at the end? Nothing. But what if I'm right? And what if there is a hell? And what if the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ? If I'm wrong, we lose nothing. Except you lived a good life on earth and you added value to people. But if you're wrong, you've lost eternity. You've lost it all. Your family's lost it all. Your loved ones lost it all. We could be bold about our sports teams, our business our hobbies. Can you be bold about God? Can you reach out? We need to reach out. It's a matter of life and death. These aren't just names. These represent souls, people that that need Jesus. When we stand before God, I'm responsible for every one of your lives. The Bible says, do not desire to be a teacher because you're going to be held to a higher standard. So I'm responsible for every one of you that's ever come in and listened to a word I've said. I can't, I can't joke around and just make you laugh. I have to make sure that I'm speaking the truth to you because I'm going to be judged for every word that's come out of my mouth. And I want to challenge you right now. I want you to wake up. We have a responsibility to our family, our loved ones, our friends that we, that we hang out with, that we rub shoulders with, that we work with, that we go to school with, to share with them that there is a place called heaven, there's a place called hell, and I love you so much that I don't want you to die without God. 
too important. And yet we're comfortable just having church. Come on, Pastor Dan, make me laugh. Come on, tell me how good I am right now. Tell me how much God loves me right now. All those things are true. He does. You are. He will. But true loving people is in our ability to share the one that loved us with others. Instead of loving people to death, let's love people to life. Bow your heads with me right now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.